Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, From the Depths of Darkness to the Light of Success. I am your host, Chris Swick, and on this podcast, we talk about mental health, addictions, and really anything anyone's afraid to talk about. We make sure to talk about it on the show. I believe everyone's story is valuable at the end of the day. does not matter what walk of life you come from. You're all welcome on my platform. You know, you're here to share your story we hope, in hopes we can help one person. That's a win to me at the end of the day, if I can help one person with each episode. But we're all struggling out there in one form or another. We've all been through something in our lives. We all have a story and we should be more than welcome to share it anywhere you go and you shouldn't be afraid to share it. But before we get going, can you please head over to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button, turn on the notifications, head over to Instagram, hit that follow button on at depths of dark side or go over to Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple, wherever you listen to the show, you can find it all over the place. With no further ado, I'd love to introduce you to my next guest. I got Alexandria Goodall from Air Ontario. She's an author, a nurse, you know, she's the Jill of all trades, it seems. But you want to let them know a little bit about you and what you do? Yeah, for sure. Thanks for introducing me, Chris. Yeah, so as Chris said, I work full-time as a nurse, and I started writing about five years ago when I was in high school. I had two published poetry books. And for me, these books are, as Chris said, it's about helping even if it's just one person. For me, it was my own therapy to get through different mental health obstacles that I went through and different life challenges. And we all need to have that. And that's what these books were for me. So how was it becoming an author back in high school and what inspired you to start writing your book? Let's dive a little deeper into that story. What were some of your struggles and stuff you were going through at the time? Yeah, for sure. So I started writing in grade 12 high school. At that point in your life, for me at least, it was a lot of friend groups that you're just trying to navigate your way through. And in high school, you don't really know your place or where you're going from the future. And it's a very intimidating time. And I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And I just felt this sense of I needed to come out of my shell and become this person. But I felt myself going deeper inside myself. And for me, writing was a way to express myself when I felt like I wasn't being heard or I wasn't sure where my path was going forward. And I just started writing in a journal. And then I started reading to my mother. She was suffering from a concussion at the time and was sitting at home completely bored out of her mind. <laughs> was talking with her about my different struggles I was going through, but then also just started reading. And then I started reading to more and more people. And the more I read, the more I realized that this book, when I didn't even know it would be a book at the time, could help so many. So that's what led me to publishing. And what, it, you know, was it like dealing, having your mother at home with a concussion, going through a traumatic brain injury and yourself going, instead of going outside your shell, you just kept going inwards more. What was driving you to go inwards? I found for me at high school, at least at that time, you always think that you're the only person. For me, the friendships that I've had for since I was a kid, especially coming from a small town, you're very loyal and these are people that you grow up with and these are the people that are supposed to be there for you. But in high school, I find everyone's navigating through their own path that you're also kept in your own things. It's that like you don't feel that support from those people. And I think I just felt everyone kind of going into their own shell and their own way, whether there's always those social popular people or those people that are more quiet. And even though you may present one way, you can feel that energy of yourself just shutting down. And I feel like that's such a huge time in your life to not shut down. But unfortunately, I think when that stage happens, it does often happen. You just need to remind yourself that 
it's just another day and you're going to keep going and you're going to get to that next step, no matter how pressured or alone you may feel. hundred percent. It's all about going through one day at a time and just taking it yep. one step, one minute, five minutes at a time, one hour, one yep. day, whatever you have to do to get through to that next day. Always reaching out for that support that you have, that trusted support you have. It's huge to have a support system, I find too. If yeah. you don't have that support system, I suggest to anyone listening to find those trusted people in your life that you can, you can, they can be your confidant and, and just share whatever it is that's on your mind. Or as Alexandra has done, started writing a journal and they then it ended up turning into books. So what types of poetry, what was it in that first book? What kind of poems were they just real life experiences of yours that turned into poems? Yeah, I, at first, I was never really one to journal completely about my personal life. And I think that maybe is part of my own way of perceiving mental health. I'm not a very, I'm a big suppressor and I just, I don't like to take things head on. And for me, poetry was a way to still understand my feelings, but also put it into metaphors. So it wasn't directly me, but it was still allowing myself to get that feeling out. So mental health can be like, you feel, you can feel suppressed, or at least that's my route that I go sometimes and writing was opportunity for me with the poetry to still have it out there but in a way where it's navigating through it in metaphors and something like this is really this I have my books here so I'll read some stuff later too okay now that'd be awesome to read a poem or two to the audience yeah, for and sure. hear some of your poetry so what is it like for you on a daily basis battling your anxiety do you have any go-to tools that help you get through your day yep for me, I think mental reminders are a huge thing because when I'm in that anxious moment, all I want to do is panic and grasp onto anything that makes sense to me. But anxiety is one of those things where you just have to breathe through it. I find I'll go on walks outside by myself and just find a place where I feel at peace on the trail or even go off a little bit. And I'll just sit there for half an hour and just breathe. Don't try and think, just breathe through it. You don't, anxiety is such like an overwhelming feeling. And you can't let it spiral into realities that aren't really reality. So I find finding that quiet place for yourself, whether it's outside or a room that you set aside in your house or just a safe space to just sit and be present is really helpful for me. And also, of course, my writing allows me to get my thoughts out. When I find I'm spiraling, it's so nice to just sit back for a minute, write things down, and then you can actually read what your thoughts are so you can see what makes logical sense and what is your anxiety telling you otherwise? No, I totally agree with you there. Getting out in nature and just enjoy nature at its finest with even heard with no phones, don't bring any music, yep. nothing. Just listen to the sounds that are out there. The birds chirping, the water flowing in the creek or the river or the leaves rustling. Those types of things are the sounds that you're hearing while you're walking. It's just amazing to take in those moments and just so breathtaking too. And just lets you get out of your mind. Yep. And just focus on the simplicity of some things, right? 100%. The simple things of life are sometimes the most hardest to focus on sometimes, especially when yep. you're going through mental health episodes and stuff too. For sure. Your, your minds are always racing. Those anxious thoughts turn into sometimes paranoid thoughts. And then you start making up all these what if stories in your head, but really none of these things are actually happening in reality. But you've really now at that point talked yourself into this is really going to happen. So how would you get yourself through those types of moments? Just going out in nature? Yeah, I find taking time to breathe. Mental health is one of those things where sometimes one thing's going to work and other times it's not going to work. 
And that's why having multiple tools is such an important thing for everybody, whatever that tool may be to you. Yeah, I find, like you said, if you have that person that you can go and talk to, that's great because sometimes, even if it's not the person that, whether it's a person or situation you're feeling anxious about, talking to someone who's outside of that situation just to bring your thoughts down and actually talk through it before you address what's making you anxious or feel that certain way, it just allows you to take back for a second and talk through what's actually going on. It's just getting yourself, like you said, there's so many what ifs and paths you can go down, but it's about finding out what's really happening and seeing past all that brain matter that's going on in your brain. 100%. Just looking to see past all those thoughts, the, the things that really aren't happening, those negative thoughts, get them out of your head, get them out on paper, Alexander said, and work through them. You got to learn to feel those feelings and not suppress them down. So why is it important to have a support system in your life to you? For me, it's so huge. And support is about feeling acknowledged too, and understanding that no matter what's going on, what you're feeling is still, it's still happening. Even if it's irrational or it's anxious thoughts or it's the what ifs, you're still feeling that. And to have a support system that's going to be there and say, I still love, I still care about you, even though you're going through this, like you're still going to have somebody at the end of the day. And you know what? It's hard to find those crowd of people, but once you do and you know who your support system is, whether that's reaching out to somebody, whether that's even just a therapist, like having some sort of person to be there for you just to know and reassure your thoughts makes a huge difference no for sure just having that one person there yeah. like you said like a therapist a friend a yeah. family member yeah. even some random stranger sometimes i've reached out hey. with people on instagram <laughs> yep. people have reached out to me just to vent it, they just wanted to get something off their chest just listen to them you know that it's not all about listening it's called active listening too yeah. And not being selfish and always wanting to talk about you, but just put yourself in their shoes sometimes and just listen to what they have to say. And maybe that's all they needed was just someone to listen to. Yeah, we all just need to be heard. And by doing that for someone, you know that one day someone's going to do that for you too. So it's all a circle. No, for sure. 100% on that as well. And I want to talk a little bit about mental health in the workplace. I was doing some digging in the last little while, and there's some really astonishing t statistics out there, especially with mental health in the workplace, it's crazy to see how many people are scared to talk about it to their boss or whatever, because they feel they're going to be judged. Why do you think that is? And this, these statistics were Canada wide, not like just yeah. all over the world. It was just within Canada and people were feared of being judged and stuff like that. But it makes me sad to hear these statistics sometimes too, because I've been one of those people years ago, feared to be judged, but after a while I had to talk about my mental health or take breaks from work and stuff like that in the past because of that, because I wasn't taking care of my mental health. Yeah. And that's where you see, especially for my healthcare field, like there's so much burnout. And if you're getting to that point in your career, why not take those steps a few months earlier to talk to your employer, discuss that and say, Hey, I'm going through this. I need some time. But I think even though. We're getting more open as well as much of an elephant in the room that mental health is. I think we still feel that and we feel that it just spirals our guilt even more because we say that, oh, I really don't need to be off or I'm physically, I can go in. But there's so much more to working than just being physically present. Whether Whatever line of work is, whether you're working in healthcare or going to the office or being there to sell a car or do anything, right? Like you need to be present and feel 
like you're getting purpose and work out of your job. And if you're showing up to work and you're not able to find that because you're not there, I think that should be addressed. And work gives us purpose and drive and that meaning and that excitement, whether it's a passion or a job. And if we're not present there, we need to take a step back and ask ourselves either why or to say, hey, you know what? My mental health's not great right now. I need a break. And it's okay to ask for those breaks too, yeah, everyone. Sure. Don't be afraid to tell your bosses or tell your coworkers, hey, I'm really not doing well. I'm going to take a day off or I need to just take a day off to recoup mentally. And I was this job, especially the one that I'm at now, I was open and honest from the beginning about my you know, sobriety and where I've come from and the struggles I came from in the past. And it just really felt amazing to be so open and honest right from the get go. And the way I've been treated there is just amazing. I just find if you're open and honest and don't be afraid to tell them how you're feeling too. You shouldn't be judged for what's going on inside you and stuff like that. Cause it's okay to not be okay. Everyone. It's okay to cry. It's okay to have feelings. We all have feelings and we're entitled to share how we feel. Yeah. And I think an employer is going to respect you for, like you said, when you first started your job, being open about that, they're going to respect you for saying, Hey, you know what? I can admit that I have this and I may need this type of support. And they're going to be there instead of you suppressing it from not only yourself, but from them. And then something comes up later. It's just better to be open and realize that no matter what this environment may be, you're going to have a support from somebody and they're going to respect you for being open about that. And even if it is a toxic place you work at too, it's always nice to address things in a positive way to head on with someone that may be bothering you or whatever it is. Don't hold those feelings in and then weeks, months go by and it ends up turning out into an angry outburst. I would address the situations head on instead of letting it build and build till it gets to a boiling point and you can't even take it anymore. Yeah. And I've seen it so many times. I had a coworker a while ago who was getting basically bullied from another coworker and she ended up switching floors because she couldn't work with that coworker anymore. But it doesn't have to get to that point. Like address everything that you're going through. There's always someone who's there to support you, even if a certain part of the work environment is toxic. There's somebody there for you. And for her, I ended up being that support for her. There's always somebody that's to be there for you. Yeah, no, 100%. And it's always nice to have someone like yourself just to be supportive. You can sometimes, lots of the time, pick out if someone's not feeling well. Or it's nice when I, I've been at work or other places. If I may not be feeling the greatest, but someone notices it because I'm not my usual self. And they ask me, hey, are you okay today? It's nice just to ask someone that, hey, how are you doing today? It makes such the difference. If you feel that energy from anyone, that instantly is going to make their day, even if it's still they're going through those motions, be like, hey, you know what? Someone recognized that I was having a bad day. It feels nice to be recognized for that at least. Or no, if I've been had a bad day or maybe I've lashed out at someone in the past, today I can admit and own my actions and we'll go back right after. Hey, Chris, you know, that really, when I talked like that to and so that really wasn't proper. That wasn't nice to say what I said or how I came across. So I will actually go address that with that person right away and just apologize for my actions and they weren't called for. And it goes a long way to do that right away too and own what you do. No, exactly. So do you reflect on your past experiences, Alexandra? And if so, how often and what's the benefit of it? So it's interesting having books that talk about your past mental health and different experiences because not only can you think about it, but you can physically read it. And for me, 
for the most part, it is a opportunity show growth. And you'd be like, hey, you know what? I overcame that and look where I am now. Look how I felt there in that moment. But now I could see that a completely different eye or I could have handled that. Like I, I have the power now to do that because I've grown since that time. But it's also with anxiety or whatever kind of mental health you're going through, there's always a little bit of a cycle, I find, certain triggers or different situations that come up that bring that back up. And I find with my anxiety, at least, I still end up reacting a certain way when I am faced with those experiences. And for me, reflecting back is thinking, okay, last time I did this because this triggered me. But now that I know that this triggers me, how can I react differently to know that wasn't the initial situation that is leading me to this? And how do I act differently or at least allow myself to express those feelings, but in a way where you're not expressing it directly at whoever is the person that's triggering you or the action because it's not the reality of it. It's just that cycle of you feeling that past. And it's all, it's, I don't know, I find it's really good to just reflect on why you're triggered in that moment. And it's a good way to look back at your past actions and how you dealt with that in your previous mental health and how to deal with in the present. So walk us through one of your most recent triggers or your anxious moments. And what was it that triggered you or what are some of your triggers? So I have also struggled a lot with in the past, not eating properly and over-exercising. That's something that I've recently in the past year really overcome. But I find sometimes I will still be rushing home from work and super exhausted like oh I haven't worked out in a few days I need to go on a run right now and you're completely exhausted I'm like okay why am I asking myself that I need to go on this run or do this or do that I'm healthy I'm happy with myself and you just need to realize those habits and realize what you're actually feeling and be like you know what I'm just on the couch for another day because I and what led you to realizing hey I need to kick this habit of working out way too much or way too often in their eating habits, what was it that led you to that point sort of thing? So that part was able to over or see, acknowledge it. I, it was in the past year, I just realizing that there wasn't really a benefit to me trying to fixate on my body. If I can just love and be confident in my body that I have and accept that, and I have to give him credit, my partner really helped me with that. But, and having a support too that says, hey, you know what, like reassuring you constantly, not constantly, because, you know, it is your path and your growth as well. But someone to say, you know what, you're beautiful in your own skin. You can have another piece of cake or whatever it may be. And then the more and more you blur those lines between I can and I can, and you just do what you feel, then you really start to be comfortable with not caring about that, but it's way easier said than done. And it is a long journey and stick for everybody. Just take it day by day and be happy with who you are and just be gentle with yourself. Yeah. It's all about showing yourself that compassion, that self-love yep. looking in the mirror and just say, I am beautiful today. Yep. I look great the way I am. It helps even with your partner, have them as a support system too. For sure. But I helped my fiance, lovely fiance, Megan, along the way over a year into her health journey. She's lost 50 plus pounds, but she's woke up and wanting to say, I don't like the way I look still and some of that, but just encouraging them, telling them they look hot still and all those things and just uplifting and stuff like that. Even in those dark times, it doesn't sure. matter what she's doing or what she looks like. She's just beautiful to me all the way around. Yeah. And I'm proud of her for going through this journey. It's been tough sometimes. The journey's been tough, but 
she's pushed through it. And it's amazing to see what she's accomplished in the last year and a little bit. It's amazing. And I'm proud of you too, for overcoming the working out too much or worrying about what you're doing and stuff like that. And just being able to enjoy life day by day. That's amazing, Alexandra. And like you said, Aurora sports before, like you saying that to your fiance and doing that is just what we need. And whatever kind of mental health, whether it's trying to lose weight or not feeling happy with your body or depression or anxiety, like just having someone there to say, you know what, you're doing great. You're doing great. You're really working towards this. That means so much. Yeah. Just those little things, those little words, it's just those simple things in life that mean a lot to people and they go a long ways with those just nice, simple words. And it doesn't have to be much little simple gestures, even reaching out and just at, how are you doing today? Yeah. Are you feeling better today if they're not feeling the greatest when you've left in the morning or whatnot? So yeah. just reach out every day to your partner, reach out to friends to make sure they're okay. Perfect. So what next step could someone take to grow in their weaknesses? I have a very hard time with change, but it is very important. I'm realizing. You don't like change. No, it's not that I acknowledge change and I really think that it is so important. My body just reacts a different way than my brain does, but I think change is huge and it's so important. It's a part of how we grow. How to address your weaknesses. For me, I'm very self-critical as you can know from my past body image issues. So for me, I would say still be gentle with yourself and take it one step at a time and don't overanalyze yourself to the point where it's going the other direction. But I just say, write down your behaviors and your different ways of reacting to things and say, hey, what could have I done better in that situation? And what can I do next time to react or maybe take a step back for a second to be like, hey, you know what? I was isolating myself that moment and I reacted to someone a certain way because I was feeling this, 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 and this. But how can I maybe remove myself from the situation or just react differently and then get myself out of there so I can go deal with those other emotions? So you'd suggest to like write down your behaviors. Now, would you do that on a daily basis for a while just to get used to that routine? Or like how often would you be doing that? Or would you suggest someone to do that? I would say for myself, at least I'm not the best at daily journaling. I do try to do it more often now, but even once a week, just reflect on the incident or if there was something that you know, like that, that, that day that it happened, write it down that night. But maybe once a week, we just reflect on something that we always have that one day a week where we feel like crap and be like, why did I feel like crap that day? No, that totally makes sense too. I'm surprised as an author, you don't like writing all the time. It's lovely, but I don't know. Sometimes I just find I need it if I force it, just like a job, right? If you force yes. too much of your passion, it just doesn't become your passion where it becomes too much work. So. No, and I totally get it yeah. too. It's <laughs> like when I started this podcast a little under two years ago, coming up on two years, but the, the way I was working on it, because it was through the beginning of the pandemic, it was every day and it was just like overwhelming. And it's like, I got to focus one day a week or maybe a day and a little bit a week. If I have a little bit to catch up on one day, just set aside a couple hours or something, but I try to get everything done on one day during the week and keep it yeah. to that day. So it frees up your other time. Cause if you're doing it all the time, you know, oh. that, like you said, it doesn't even be a, it's not even a passion anymore. It becomes no. overwhelming. It becomes daunting and stuff like that. If you don't get everything done one day, leave it to the next week. If it's just a little passion project to yours, oh. it doesn't have to be all the time. No, exactly. And as your viewers or as my readers, they can feel when there's a difference, I think, in that passion or lack thereof where you're overworking it. So just let it come naturally. 
And same with mental health or journaling too. I find sometimes it's great to have a regimen because sometimes we need that while we're going through that situation. But sort of just let it come naturally too, if that feels better for you. And when I bought this journal earlier this year too, it was a gratitude journal, a daily journal. I don't hit it every day. Sometimes I think mm -hmm. April or this month too, I've done it like four or five times at the most and yeah. open it up. I guess there's next April. When I get back to April next year, I can fill in the rest of the days. It's something simple, just writing down the, you know, three things I was grateful for that day, those types of things. And a reverse bucket list has taught me to do that. All the things that I've done that I've really enjoyed. And then created a bucket list and been ticking things off too slowly this year. And also me and my partner, I love, I can't stress this one enough. I talk about it a lot, but I highly suggest anyone out there, even if you're a single person too, or you and your partner or family could do this. Go every Sunday, my partner and I write down on a piece of paper, one thing we're grateful for, or a few things we're grateful for that week. We fold it up, put it in a jar. And at the end of the year or the beginning of the following year, we bust it out. And we read all these different things we've wrote up in the year. So it's something fun to do. And it's every Sunday night, we write down something for the week or Monday morning and then put it in the jar and are able to open it at the end of the year. We started that last year. It was a fun thing to do. So I highly suggest anyone else out there to do that. Yeah. I like that because then you're also looking back and saying, hey, oh, I did that. And wow, I did that this year. Like it just kind of boosts your confidence a little bit in a nice way though. And also this all came to my life this time. Huh, I like that. Exactly. And you can look back at the growth too, because there's always like growth through the year and you see how much you've grown as a person, you know, and sometimes it, you're grateful for the way you navigated through that week with your partner. Cause it was a rough week for the Tulia or whatever it is, as an example. I like that. Yeah. You guys should try it. There we go. Added it in <laughs> weekly gratitude. <laughs> So let's bust out one of your books or read okay. us a couple of poems. Uh, we, okay. we would love to hear about them or hear some. Done. So these are my two books. So this is Life and so this is 2020. This was my one that I wrote in high school. And I wrote this during 2020. I had read through the end of a relationship and was trying to redefine myself. And it was also during COVID. So it was just, it was a hard time. And I think everyone had a hard time. So I feel like everyone could have wrote in a book in that year. But let's see what I have a couple of sticky. Okay, I like this one. I'm lost. I think I always have been, but I want to be found. I need a sense of direction. And I'm not talking about a set of coordinates on a map or a street address. It is something I need to discover. Something not even the most glorified explorer would be able to find because it is I and I alone who has the ability to discover it. If only I knew what it was I was so desperately seeking. But as I sit here and allow the curiosity to ooze out of my fingers, I begin to realize that the answer has been in front of me this entire time. Could it be that I am meant to be eternally astray? Maybe my path is defined by my ability to remain unconditionally lost. I neglected a rich part of who I was and am as an individual because I wrongly accused it to be flawed. I push myself countless times to search for something worth being found. But with each attempt, I found myself further and further away from the answer. I say it is time I take a chance on my lost self. It's time I set myself free to run with the wind. To run so far that when I look back, I won't be able to see what I was running away from in the first place. Wow, that is amazing. And I, I just was listening to the words and immersed myself right in them. Just being taken away into the wind basically mm -hmm. by yourself and just 
Did you write that one in nature? Yeah, I did actually. I was sitting on this one path that I always go to again, my nature walks that I like to do. And yeah. Nice. That's amazing. No, I like Where can people get those books? Where can they find them? Where can they buy one if they'd like to support you? Yeah, both of them are on Amazon. That's probably the easiest way to access them. I do have a couple of local book fairs and vendors that I do that you can find on my social media pages. But yeah, Amazon will be the best. You just look up Alexandria Goodall and they'll both pop up. Awesome. And sorry, what were you saying before I asked you to... Oh, yeah. I just think I like that piece because I think when we're in our mental health states... We just want to find all these answers. We're grasping at anything that we can find. But I think when we truly are able to understand what's going on is when we can just be like, you know what? This is where I am. I'm going to embrace it and just go through the motions and get lost in it. So, yeah. Yeah, getting lost in the wind, the air flowing in the wind, yep. whatever it is you're doing, <laughs> go skip some rocks. Just yeah. enjoy life, everyone. We're only on this planet for a short time, not a long time. Yep. So enjoy it. For sure. <laughs> let me see if i have anything from my other book yeah read another read one from your other book okay this one okay i fall into a deep slumber i retreat into a hibernation state i cave into a person i am not i collect my nuts and store them in my trunk preparing myself as a squirrel for the harsh winter yet to come but unlike this creature i do not go nuts for nuts Rather, the nuts make me nuts. I fill myself full, so full with nuts that my treehouse overflows. I set out in search of a cave, as would a bear, before the snow settles in, searching for a place to sleep the cold away, protected from the brisk breeze of the, by the walls of my newfound home. Unlike a grizzly, I do not shy away from the below-zero conditions. I need the forest to hear my roar 365 days of the year. I want to be wild and free all season, any season. I had this calling within me to be wild and free. That was very nice. Very well said as well. That was that, that's living in isolation or just saying, don't mm -hmm. go live in isolation. No. Talking about those long winter months. Was that written just before the winter or during the winter? That was during the winter. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell just with what you had written there about the yep. squirrels going down into hibernation and stuff, but very well written. I really like your poetry a lot, Thank Alexandra. You. So where can everyone find you as well if they'd like to follow you, follow along on your journey? Yeah, for sure. So I am on Instagram and social media and Facebook at Alexandria Goodall. And I also have a website. So this is life.ca. This is life.ca? So this is life.ca, yeah. Oh, so this is life.ca. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, everyone, please go check out Alexandra. She's, you know, an amazing local author to me, or she's from the local area where I'm from. Support her. Go buy a book off Amazon. Look up Alexandra Goodall, everyone. I just wanted to thank you as well for coming on the show today to share your experience, your strength, and some hope. Do you have any last words for everyone before you go? Yeah, for sure. First, I want to thank you. I this podcast that you're doing like you said if it can you make a difference in one person's life then that's the difference that we can make and it's a great difference i would just tell anyone don't suppress your emotions try and find those outlets in your life whether it's a sport writing whatever it may be and allow yourself to have those moments take time like you said whether it's time off work or just a day for yourself and go through the motions allow yourself to feel because we all deserve to be felt so Thank you guys so much for viewing and listening today. Thank you so much again for coming on the show. And if there's one thing I could take away from today, it's love yourself more, show yourself some compassion, 
and never give up on life, everyone. There's always a reason to live. Thank you again, Alexander, for coming on the show today. Thank you. I hope you have a great rest of your day. You too.